Historian Dr Tim Horgan, a secretary of the Bally CD Memorial Committee and Kerry representative for the National Graves Association. He delivered the oration at this event at the Bally CD Memorial. And so it began in 1916 with these immortal words, Irish men and Irish women, in the name of God and the dead generations from which she receives her old tradition of nationhood, Ireland, through us, summons her children to her flag and strikes for her freedom. Ireland did summon her children to her flag and her sons did strike for her freedom. Many young men from County Kerry would answer that summons. They would see their comrades fall at Lispole, at Hedford, at Gortaglana, but on they fought. They would take what England would not give. They would succeed where heroic generations before them had failed. They would drive the forces of the crown from our county, but alas, alas, not from Ireland. The Republic of Pierce and Connolly was not to be. Ireland would be ruled not by Britain, but for Britain. Dr Tim Horgan said the greatest honour any community can bestow is that of remembrance. He said it was fitting people gathered for the event, not beneath political banners, but that they assembled as a community, a people remembering its own. He said the event was a small repayment of a large debt owed to the eight men who paid for our liberty with their lives. In 1963, John F. Kennedy declared, A nation reveals itself not only by the men it produces, but also by the men it honours, the men it remembers. We are gathered here today to honour, to remember eight such great men, for it is such as their ideas and sacrifice that defines what the Irish nation is and what the Irish state should be. They die terrible deaths, faithful to the cause of Ireland's freedom and loyal to that cause alone. In 1922, such fidelity had become a crime against the new state. And so these eight men would follow the well-trod patriots' path to death here at Bally CD Cross. The greatest honour any community can bestow is that of remembrance. The lives of the dead are placed in the memory of us, the living. It is fitting that we gather here today, not beneath political banners, nor to utter hollow political slogans, not to garner votes or increase our profile. But we assemble here today as a community, a people remembering their own. We have gathered not because we were summoned, but because we should, because it is our duty, because it is our small repayment of a large debt we owe to these eight brave men who paid for our liberty with their lives. To ignore might be convenient to some, but to forget would be to betray. We are proud to remember, for we, the men and women of Kerry, are descendants of a people who rose, were felled, but rose again and again, descended from generations who were slaughtered, dispossessed, starved, evicted and exiled. We are of a people who refuse to yield, who refuse to bow. We will not be told who to commemorate and who to forget. We will remember those eight true men whom Ireland had summoned to her flag to strike for her freedom. We remember those who fell at Bally CD Cross. The wise men have told us what happened at Bally CD is best forgotten. It is not something for modern Ireland to remember. History, 
like religion, is being pushed from the classroom. The wise men have decreed there is now little need for either. Ireland is told what is to be remembered and what is to be forgotten, what is to be commemorated and what is to be ignored. All must rhyme with present-day political requirements. But the history of Ireland is not theirs to rewrite, not theirs to revise, not theirs to define. Seventy years ago, Ballycidi had been nudged from the agreed narrative that was beginning to pass as history. But those true to the old cause rallied to the memory of their fallen comrades. Pence, pounds and dollars were collected. The ordinary people had not forsaken. The exiles still remembered. Bronze was fashioned. Stone was inscribed. This monument would stand, lest any would forget. When it was unveiled, caught Larkin, daughter of John O'Connor, who died here, would write, I cannot begin to tell you how grateful I feel for getting this monument erected and my father's memory dug up from the oblivion to which it had been consigned. The victims of each war are counted by numbering the dead, but those that suffered the most and the longest are those that were left behind to mourn. They are never recalled. Their lifelong suffering is forgotten, their loss unending. As a grateful state moved on, to forget became convenient, to remember subversive. Many who benefited from civil war politics would find it easy to sleep on other men's wounds. But for those bereaved, there would be no rest. John O'Connor would leave a wife and two young children. Patrick Buckley, a widow, to, rave, to rear their five children. All the Ballycidi victims had mothers and fathers, brothers and sisters, nieces and nephews, comrades and friends. While 10,000 tears would be shed at funerals at Tralee, Kilflin, Lixna and Castle Island, for the eight families, the silent mourning would last a lifetime. To those left behind to grieve the longest, our nation's debt should be the greatest, for they too have paid the price for our freedom. All we can offer is our gratitude and remembrance, small acknowledgements of great sacrifices. Dr. Tim Horgan, their secretary of the Ballycidi Memorial Committee and Kerry representative for the National Graves Association, who delivered the oration at this non-political event at Ballycidi on Sunday afternoon. Also at the event, wreaths were laid by relatives of the men killed at Ballycidi and a colour party stood in front of the memorial throughout the ceremony with flags including the tricolour and come in the man's flag. Misha Era, the Irish language poem by Porrick Pierce was recited and the song Ballycidi was sung with Oran Naveen played on the pipes closing the ceremony.